0: How's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Supermercado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Uh, today's gonna be a really long overdue episode. It's another installment of show-and-tell It's been far too long. Was it like June? June, I think? Since I think we did it's the been at least one? like four years. It's since been way too long. These. You
1: know, when we started the podcast, we decided, oh, we're gonna do this every What did we decide every month or something or maybe every other month? But yeah. we've been really dropping the ball lately. Part of that is due to Will being uh, up in Duluth in school, and now that he's on winter break, this is a great time, finally, to come together and do another show-and-tell episode, so I'm very excited for this. And would you
0: believe that I still waited until this morning to put of my course. playlist together? Absolutely. Because I it's a it's a podcast tradition, it's a tradition at this point of procrastination. It's a tradition for Will to be
1: incredibly stressed out and for me to... <laughs> To not be stressed out. Well, you have
0: your spreadsheets, and it's all organized months in advance. Type A. I get it.
1: For show. Okay, Will, this is definitely a
0: Sunsoft track. This is one of your tracks. What am I listening to? It is. We're listening to a track called Stage 5 Plane Fight from the game Super Spy Hunter. Oh, Uh, I was not expecting that. I thought it was going to be Batman Return of the Joker. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Well, it is composed by Naoki Kodaka, um, who's the legendary Sunsoft composer that we've featured time and time again on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm actually gonna be playing uh, another track from this game a little later on very cool Well, I don't know. Do you think we should just get into it any other pleasantries? We need to exchange
1: before we get into this. I don't think so It's good to be back in the same room doing the pot doing a pop. Yeah, I mean it's a
0: completely normal episode There's nothing (laughs) out of the ordinary going on in this room. Absolutely not It's just completely normal.
1: All right. Well, let's continue here So I'm excited to play my first pick of the day. This is uh from a game for the sharp X68 I don't know if people call it the X sixty eight thousand or just X sixty eight. Yeah, uh, we actually played a track from that system last week on our Yokokana episode. Right. And I think having prepared that episode and also being familiar with the system for the past couple years, I wanted to try to find some cool Sharp music for for this week. So the first track I'm going to play is from a Sharp game. It's called Scion 4, Sion Four. S i o n four. Classic. And it's composed by it's composed by Tatsushi Takahashi. And the name of this is Mission One, check it out. Yeah, this is Mission 1 from Scion 4, composed by Tetushi Takahashi for the Sharp X68000. And one fun thing that I discovered when I was listening to a lot of this music is a lot of the composers I had never heard of before. Mm -hmm. So they weren't composers that I was familiar with on other systems, even like PC88 or 98. Uh, A lot of obscure composers, at least for me and, and people that I really wanted to look into, I think this is a really catchy track. I think the melody is really cool lot of layering happening with like the psg and the fm i i really particularly like that the psg uh kind of like electric piano rhythms it's just like a really funky kind of slightly latin fusion sound here um will what are your
0: thoughts on this i think it's really catchy the sound of the instruments is uh very unique and interesting because it has that fm quality but that lead instrument has this very bizarre kind of timbre to it that doesn't sound like anything else I've ever heard before. Yeah. And it really colors uh, my experience of this track in a neat way. It's kind of harmonically, there's something kind of mysterious about it. I love how it keeps I mean. landing on that ninth scale degree.
2: It's so catchy, but it's,
1: it's mysterious. very catchy. Yeah, yeah I, offhand, I don't remember what Yamaha FM chip the Sharp uses, but it's a very similar sound to uh, the pc 88 It's probably a slightly different chip.
0: Well-composed, well-arranged track. I really love... Um, All the different internal components of it It has a very solid groove A catchy melody as we mentioned A bass line that kind of locks together Rhythmically with everything And good drum samples That's one thing I'll say is From what I've heard of the Sharp
1: uh, X68, the drum samples are way better than like, definitely Mm -hmm. the PC-88
0: and even the 98, in my opinion. Yeah, this is a fantastic track. Good choice, Carl. Thank you very much. I think it's back to you, sir. I'm actually going to be playing uh, another track from this game, Super Spy Hunter. Nice. It was recommended to me by our good friend Carlos, Mm. Um, so I had to check this one out. Um, this is another Naoki Kadaka composition. And in this game, some of the stage themes are used for multiple levels in the game. So this is okay. the music for stage two and six. Let's take a listen. to stage two and six from super spy hunter and if anything in this track feels familiar and reminiscent to you you're probably thinking of the peter gunn theme uh, which was composed by the legendary henry mancini a composer for film and television um peter gunn was a very influential tv show theme song and it was one of the things, yeah, along with like mission impossible that established that kind of um, swanky sound that we associate with the Incredibles. spies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it was used in the original Spy Hunter right. arcade game, that theme. So what a cool, surprising
0: callback. I almost didn't even catch it. But yeah, it's this very progressive rock kind of um, presentation and and quote of of that theme. I love how it makes this, it's basically just in three, Mm -hmm. but it makes it feel like a really odd extended Oh, it
1: makes it feel so complex. This track is really out there. I know that I looked into this a little bit for our Naoki Kadaka episode, but I must not have, I don't think I ever got to this because this this
0: probably would have been in that episode. This is really funky. Yeah, it's, it's a great soundtrack. Some of the boss music is also really. Cool. A lot of the tracks in this game are in three, and they have oh, really? that Kodaka really makes um, three feel like five or something. Mm-hmm. It feels like a very uneven meter, which a lot it is. over the bar um, but... stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's 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 very. Um, kind of expertly done kind of disorienting really, yeah, a disorienting way. syncopated that is righteous man gnarly <laughs> all right let's move on i'm
1: excited to to show you this will will have you heard of the series jojo's bizarre adventure at
0: all it's not ringing a bell okay
1: um so this is a game called jojo's bizarre adventure vento oreo And I believe it was released for the GameCube, I want to say. And the reason why I even stumbled upon this, I had heard of the series and i had heard music from, I think, more recent entries, I want to say. I believe it's also, it's it's a multimedia series. But the reason why I stumbled upon this is because this was an entry that was composed by a really talented and underrated composer, Mitsuhiko Takano of Minish Cap uh, fame. Not even fame, but, you know, he's a composer that we're, a big fan of we performed one of his songs in the the mercado band so i went out of my way to try to find more Takano music and this was a soundtrack that i stumbled upon and it's the only track i believe in this score that features uh some real performance because it's an arranged version so the name of this track is uh Bucciati arrange from jojo's bizarre adventure vento ario here we go This is the best. You guys are listening to Buccellati Arrange version from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Vento Aureo composed by very talented Capcom composer Mitsuhiko Takano who worked on um, some of the side Mega Man series as well as, for me most noticeably, um, Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. And this is actually a PS2 game, not a GameCube game. Uh, couldn't find uh, a lot of other tracks in the score that had this exact vibe. For me, this was a standout. I first heard the original version, and it was pretty cool, but all Mm -hmm. MIDI, you know? And then I stumbled upon this, and I was like, okay, this I gotta play this.
0: I love the chords in this section, and the melody, I think, is really nice and and catchy. I'm I'm curious to hear more from this composer, because I do think he's very talented, And judging from uh, some of his work that I've heard previously and how different it is from this, I think he's quite versatile. Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, he's very, very underrated in my opinion. So, and underused, like I just, I want to hear more like soundtracks where he's able to really stretch out because he's done a lot, I think like, you know, collaborating with other people, but I don't think he has a whole lot of solo
0: uh, scores. So I'm really excited to hopefully hear more of him in the future. Well, I'm eager to talk about uh, my next track, and it comes from... Uh, a relatively new game for the Nintendo Switch but mm. a composer that is an absolute staple of our podcast someone that we've had on the show multiple times Koji Kondo um, <laughs> we've been fortunate enough to make an acquaintance with over the years this is Grant Kirkhope's score to Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Really cool stuff. This is stuff. a delightful score it's very Kirkhopean, mm-hmm. um, Kirkhope-esque if, if you're familiar with any of his music to games like Banjo-Kazooie or Donkey Kong 64 mm-hmm. or Viva Pinata, or any of it, um, I think you're really in for a treat with this soundtrack. Um, let's take a listen to possibly my favorite track in mm. the game, and this features a full orchestra. It's just very delightful stuff. This is Mid Boss Mayhem. <laughs> We're listening to Mid-Boss Mayhem, composed by Grant Kirkhope, for Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, released for the Nintendo Switch. I love this track. It definitely... Um, I mean, anyone who knows Banjo-Kazooie could definitely recognize Kirkhope's style here, but I love the orchestration and the arrangement and how he utilizes all the different members of the orchestra. I mean, yeah. that melody we're first presented with xylophone and clarinet kind of passing it back and forth, which is Very really playful. catchy, but eventually we get strings and trumpets, and then my favorite section is actually the low trombones and tuba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's delightful. I
1: love hearing Grant's. Music, you know, with with a more fleshed out orchestra sound, right. you know, because usually when I think of his music, it's just those N sixty four samples. Right. You can't escape the sound of that. Sure. So it's great hearing him stretch out a little bit, and I think when you're forced to write for a larger ensemble like this, it does kind of make you think a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. specifically about all the parts and how they would work together.
0: Yeah, it's great to hear that style realized, and a lot of the music in this game. Um, has kind of longer forms in sure, terms yeah. of this is an official soundtrack release you can buy this on itunes uh, yeah which... i highly recommend everyone doing that this game's getting a lot of buzz mm-hmm. a lot of
1: uh lists you know best game of the year 2017 uh definitely at least for the switch definitely one of the most buzzed about games for the switch for sure so very cool stuff yeah and i can't believe we haven't played a track from it until today that's pretty wild all right Back to me. I'm going to play something from... I had to call dibs on this. I texted Will a few weeks back. I'm going to play a track from... Actually, two, but I'll revisit it later. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And this game was very exciting because Yasunori Mitsuda returned as a lead composer, but there's also a lot of other talented composers that worked on this. We also have the team called Ace, uh, Kenji Hiramatsu, as well as Manami Kiyoda. And I think the track I'm playing, this first one, I do not believe it was a Mitsuda composition. I think it was one of the other composers. It's the battle theme of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it's just really badass. I was blown away. I was going to play one of the introduction themes that's more like a ballad that was a Mitsuda composition. I was really close to including it, but then when I stumbled across this, I I had to play this because it's so cool. Let's take a listen to Battle with two exclamation points from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. the walls on this one this is battle from xenoblade chronicles 2 this is how you do a battle theme man this composer i think it was uh i believe it was either uh kenji hiramatsu or manami kyota they just threw everything they had at this track There was some orchestral colors in there obviously a lot of rock stuff featuring really nice drum performance guitar and bass uh, a lot of layering on this and really cool breakdowns where all yeah. of a sudden the drums would go to halftime. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And it's just this great balance of. It's like orchestral rock in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. It's just
0: epic. I also love that moment in the kind of B section or chorus melody or wherever where it goes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps getting higher. That's and video higher. gamey. It's so triumphant and heroic feeling. Like I could, would love to experience yeah. that in the game.
1: Right? Yeah, I just could not say no to this. Like I said, I was gonna play a very soft, beautiful track that I'm a little bit sad I didn't have room for, um, because I am playing another track from this game. But it's also another rocker, and I just couldn't say no to to these. Uh, oh my god, these these battle tracks are just phenomenal. So yeah. Enjoy, or look forward to more Xenoblade Chronicles 2 music on this podcast for sure to come. Totally. Yeah, we we
0: should almost do, um, we could even do like a whole episode, I'm sure. Absolutely, Xenoblade episode for show. Well, I, I have to do another thing from Mario plus Rabbids, okay. um, and I really had a hard time whittling it down to 2 because there are a lot of fantastic tracks in the game, um, but some of them cover, I guess, similar territory. So, um, it, you know, it, w- it was difficult because I didn't want to do two things that sounded too similar to each other. And I decided on this track because it has a fantastic theme. A lot of the music in this game that I really responded to was all very, like, minor key stuff, hmm. um, which is a great side of Grant's writing that I really uh, love to hear. This is a track called Icicle Golem Freeze. <laughs> listening to Icicle Golem Freeze, composed by who else? Grant Kirkhope. This is from Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. What's interesting about the score is there is so much music, and when I was first listening through to the soundtrack, I was almost a little disappointed because I was hearing a lot of sample-based stuff mm-hmm. that all sounded um, like, I guess, things that I've already heard from Grant before. Right. But then once I got into the orchestral stuff, I was just so floored. I mean, I really love when Grant writes for an orchestra. He has just such a great command. He really knows what <laughs> he knows what to have everybody do. You know, the strings are always doing something active. The woodwinds are always doing something great. And he's really confident in writing this kind of bold, unabashed, uh, almost kind of campy style I mean, music I totally, that reminds me of like Danny Elfman or well, something. Well, I agree.
1: When I hear Grant writing for the orchestra, there is a little bit more intention and, and just more confidence that I hear than when you just hear the kind of MIDI or the sampled stuff, and I totally know what you're talking about, you know, kind of like some of those Civilization tracks or, you know, Viva Pinata. When you hear him writing for the orchestra, it does feel like he's maybe rising to a level that we don't hear from him on on his smaller stuff. What's interesting, as I was talking with Will about this, is I think this music fits so well for like a Mario spin-off game because it's not just a Mario game, it also has the Rabbids and it's is its own
0: thing. Right. And when you think about the the um the Rabbids came from a Rayman game mm-hmm. and a lot of Grant sensibilities with a lot of the kind of uh, I don't know, 90s film score, Quasi John Williams Quasi yeah, Danny that's Elfman at right at home. chord language, that that fits in with the Rayman series. I mean, you think about um the music to say like rayman origins or rayman legends um, it uses a lot of those like tritone shifts right. it almost sounds like grant yeah Cut if Cut i Cut.
1: had to if i had to choose a mario game to give to grant this is the perfect choice yeah. all right so i'm really excited about this One of the things I always try to do with my show-and-tell playlists is there's certain composers that I just want to try to find a new piece of music that we haven't heard from them, Mm -hmm. like some of my favorites. And one of my absolute favorite composers is Naoshi Mizuda. So I really wanted to play a new Mizuda track today. And so I'm going to do that. This is from Final Fantasy Dimensions 2. Uh, and I think it's a mobile game, because I know the original Final Fantasy Dimensions was a mobile game. And this has a really cool score that uh, there's not really many people that are talking about it. It seems a little bit um, more obscure for whatever reason, but really cool stuff. This track, I believe, features some real violin. There's actually quite a bit of real violin on my, uh, on my playlist here today. So this starts off really with uh, kind of more of like a spacey, atmospheric sound, and then eventually that violin comes in. I think this is a wonderful track. It's called Space Map from Final Fantasy Dimensions 2. This is amazing. You guys are listening to Space Map, composed by Naoshi Mizuda, one of my all-time favorite video game composers. This is from Final Fantasy Dimensions 2. And there's so much to love about this. I feel like I could spend the whole episode just praising <laughs> this piece of music. The implementation, the choice of that kind of plucky, ambient space instrument, the pendulum sound on the clock is just so captivating. And then that real violin is so syrupy and beautiful. Yeah, this,
0: this is just... You can't get better than this. He really is a master. Uh, Such a fan. So versatile. Uh, He reminds me of Yoko Shimomura in that he can be so incredibly successful in so many different styles, whether he needs to do something rocking and kind of action-oriented. He's fantastic at that. Didn't we say that in a long time ago in his episode that he's kind of like the male Yoko Shimomura? Oh, gosh. I mean... Maybe I, I said that back then. I don't really remember that.
1: With maybe a little bit more of a reverence for jazz. Because, like, when I think of Neoshi Mizuta, it's just right. music so jazzy. Even his, like, romantic Final Fantasy music, there's right. always these elements but of jazz. But he can do
0: very sophisticated, kind of classical sounding orchestral mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and, you know, something like this, which is just, I, I really think this is a brilliant track. One of my favorite things about it is it's in three, three, four. Um, but that ticking clock sound basically just is on a two pattern. Yeah. Tick, tock, Tick tock. So it eventually talk. resets itself, but it, it just totally changes your expectations. But yeah, it's interesting because it's like one, two, three, one, two, three, mm-hmm. one, two, three, and it's like you're constantly feeling that interesting, kind of like, like that spy hunter track where it's a simple, fairly simple meter, but it makes it feel more complex. Well, right. I mean, in classical music, that's called a uh, hemiola when you're in one meter, but you're making it sound like you're in another meter. But, right. But like having that juxtaposed with a track that's otherwise in three, it's really groovy, and there's something so effective about it uh it's very yeah i I was really moved by that it's awesome back to you So we talked about Grant Kirkhope, who was a legendary composer from Rare and someone that we've been fortunate enough to speak with on this podcast. I'm going to play a piece of music from another legendary Rare composer that we've also been fortunate enough to talk with a couple times. This is David Wise. If you guys remember back to our Overdue episode that we did a couple months ago, um, we realized that we never actually played a track from the Battletoads game on the NES, and I thought it's only it's fair for us to tackle another classic track from this game It really is an 8-bit classic, and it's something that David Wise is very well known for. I wanted to show one of my favorite pieces of music in the game. This is level 4, Arctic Caverns. Mm. And I want you to listen out for something that he does here, because one of the things that makes this track so groovy and satisfying is that the melody feels like it's intentionally a little bit behind the beat, which makes it almost sound like it was performed. It's so groovy, and I just adore it. So let's take a listen to level 4, Arctic Caverns burnns So groovy Arctic Caverns from Battletoads composed by the incomparable David Wise. This is a funky
1: track, isn't it? You know, this reminds me of something I saw recently I think David posted an old photo a throwback photo of him from the 80s uh, sporting some long luxurious hair Which is crazy because you know, I was thinking out, you know, the bald look uh, from Dave But he apparently did back then and still does he writes standing up he composes on a keyboard that's at a height. Really? So he, he stands up, and so that's how he feels the sense of groove. Is that he when he sits down, I, I think he was saying that he's like maybe just too relaxed and <laughs> maybe too lazy. So maybe that's good for like like Dave,
0: Imagine Dave writing this standing up, you know, at his keyboard here. <laughs> what a great image. You know what I love about this trick? It's so simple, you know, it basically is comprised of these two elements: do do do, 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 yeah. do, do this octave bass line, um, and then that kind of really groove funky melody line but then we have this really great B section with these kind of out there harmonies these kind of um, this kind of ascending line moving in fourths juxtaposed with a pedal bass note actually Mm -hmm. reminds me of like Koji Kondo or other Japanese composers it's sort of like what you get with like the Ganondorf theme or something um, but I, I, yeah, I just think it's such a neat little track, and it's such a gem. I can't believe we haven't shared this on the it's podcast. It's very proggy, but, there but
1: there's this element of like American blues. Yeah, he always loves going to this one change. It's usually like a four chord. Like he'll he'll establish a riff, however weird it is, and then he'll do that same riff on like the four. Mm-hmm. And something about that is just very old school bluesy. It's right. It's so vintage David Wise. Yeah, that this is why I love Show and Tell because I can't believe we haven't played that on the podcast. Before, so I'm really glad that we finally got to do that. Nice, nice uh, idea there, Will. All right, uh, and was that. You know, did you have any help coming up with any of these picks? No, I did
0: this all by myself. Mm. I can't think of anyone. Well, you know, at Mm. one point, Marty did come over to the house because he was... uh, Well, I called him and told him that Carlos was here Mm. in town and Mm. was... uh, Oh, yeah, that's who it was. Carlos Mm. was actually with me Mm. when I was making some of my Mm. picks. Got it. Interesting. I think he's in the room here. I don't see him, but he might be hiding somewhere. Well, um, if I turned my head, I might see him. But,
1: you know, I actually have this condition where I can actually turn my head, uh, so... We'll never know I could turn my chair But it takes too much work Okay so Back to me here
0: I'm excited to play
1: Yet another Carl, That should be the
0: name Of your memoir Back to me here (laughs)
1: Back to me here Um, No I think it would be F it we'll do it live (laughs) <laughs> no, that's, that's Bill O'Reilly's memoir. Um, so this is another Sharp X 68 track, and I'm really excited uh, to play this. It's so feel good. Not only is it from the 68, but the name of this game has 68 in it. It's Nama Baseball 68. I don't know what was going on in 1968 here, but apparently- Dude, I can't believe it. You stole it. I was going to do something from Nama <laughs> Nama 68. Baseball 68. Nama, does that mean this is- because like 68 i'm thinking like vietnam is it anything to do with that who knows why this game is called nama baseball 68 but anyway it's composed by yuji takanochi and this is kind of like one of those really feel-good celebratory jingles or short pieces of music that plays when you beat you know the game so this is end of game one and it's just so feel good i just smile every time listening to this let's take a listen to this from nama baseball 68 So good. You guys are listening to "End of Game One" from Nama Baseball '68. Uh, you know, one of the most beloved video games of all time. Clearly, this is composed by Yuji Takanochi. Uh, yeah, this is just so freaking good. It's such a short loop, but it actually takes you like two or three times to fully understand how short it is because it just—you want to keep hearing this melody over and over, and over again. And the bass line is so funky. You know, it's really criminal how much phenomenal music there is for these old you know obscure Japanese computer systems that you know for today for most people in the world like is totally unknown this music is virtually lost in some way but the one thing that's keeping it alive the small flame is you know the internet and these these tools that some some of us VGM nerds have we're able to keep this music going and it's
0: so wonderful it definitely deserves to be heard by a lot of people a lot of this stuff it's just kind of timely that it's coming back around Within the last, I don't know, decade or so, has becoming, you know, almost more popular than ever. And I, I think sort of the genres that a lot of retro video game music um, was drawing from in terms of inspiration and style are things that are kind of becoming more popular to mm. reference and kind of model after in a lot of pop music, sure. you know, you know, like jazz fusion and disco. And I mean, I think as we go into the next decade, a lot of stuff from the 80s is going to become um, even more and more kind of a popular thing to send up. Yeah, as as we've sure. been seeing, I feel like our, our culture is almost getting like an a 1980s retro invasion i mean you know
1: we just saw a trailer the other night for ready player one it's a great example of that cashing in on that nostalgia for sure all right well i think it's back to you for a very important track
0: yeah this is going to be my track of the week and it's by a legendary japanese composer we should make this
1: clear it's it's your pick for potential track of the week once we've done the battle which hasn't happened yet, so don't don't get ahead of yourself. So this there, is Will. track
0: of the week.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> no, this is uh, um, this is a candidate. Yes, this is a track from an unlikely game by a really lauded, celebrated composer Koichi Sugiyama, um, and this is from the game Monopoly. Oh my. god what yeah i know. wtf wrap your head around that if carl if you remember as a kid i was obsessed with monopoly i was like my favorite board are game are you sure that koichi did this he did um, for a specific platform. I'm well, guessing. if you're not sure, we'll just listen to this track and you'll be able to tell. Um, I absolutely adore this. It sounds a lot like kind of um, old school production music, and it's his wonderful approach to writing orchestral video game music. Wow! Very plucky, very satisfying, beautiful chord progressions. Let's take a listen to "Game on 1F" from Monopoly by Koichi Sugiyama. <laughs> Imagine Rich Uncle Pennybags uh, <laughs> dancing around in all the green. It's Man, crazy how much track. good Monopoly music there is for video games. Different
1: versions, different composers. I was telling Will, Heck, I was familiar to with
0: music for a Monopoly well, game. Like an old
1: school PC version that Donald Griffin worked on, who's one of my kind of favorite obscure composers. And then you played a,
0: a different one for, what was it, the Game Boy maybe? That no, that I one? played another Super Nintendo Monopoly game. Oh my gosh. Game. Monopoly This is a Japanese one. No, it's and I think The American one had a, a whole different
1: score. This is so good. Yeah, I was like in disbelief that Koichi Sugiyama actually worked on a Monopoly game, but it's so clear <laughs> from like the first note that. Right, it it's sounds such a, a lot like that
0: intermezzo from uh, Dragon mm. Quest. Yeah,
1: that is, wow, that's a tough one to beat. I'm going to do my best here. Uh, so, you know, Will was asking me when I was playing that Naoshi Mizuta track, like this isn't your track of the week. And uh, although I adore that one, I feel like I have to be true to myself. I have to pick something groovy and funky for a track. And I have
0: to pick something uh, plucky and adorable (laughs) with a really good melody. All right. All right. So
1: what I want to do here is I want to leave a little bit of mystique here. I will tell you who it's by and also the track title, but then I'll tell you what it's from after. Okay. So I'm kind of Pulling out my secret weapon here, you know, when I really need a win, when I need a W for track of the week, I got to go to my man, Vert, right? Jay Kaufman here. Okay. Hmm. So this is a Jake Kaufman track. It's an FM chiptune. So imagine how much I love the sound of FM chiptunes, you know, it's just that really biting sound that sounds that works really well for, you know, jazzy funk stuff. And then imagine Jay Kaufman using all those tools and taking him to places that were never possible before. This is called Bubble Bath Aftermath by Vert. <laughs> That is Bubble Bath Aftermath, and it just keeps going, folks. This track is, is four minutes long by the one and only Jake Kaufman, it's so Kaufman-esque. It just yeah. has all the earmarks of Every the Kaufman classic. Every single chord classic. is like
0: some substitution it's, or diminished chord. It's jazz upon
1: jazz upon jazz. This <laughs> is from an album called Sound Shock to FM Funk Terror, which is a wonderful FM chip uh, album. And Vert, uh, you know, contribute just a killer, just a knockout 10 out of 10 track. I could not, you know resist this for for track of the week this is again bubble bath aftermath I, I mean what more do i have to say about this it's just i feel like i'm pregnant after listening to this it's just like what i don't know what else there is to
0: say i just it's really damn i'm done good. it's really good carlos and i were talking a little bit about jake kaufman on the drive over here uh hi oh, carlos Car- carlos is in the room He's did the we room. say that yeah okay um we were carlos talk- say hi hello yeah, your mic's off, so no one can hear. Them. <laughs>
2: um, no, we were talking. He about, hasn't
0: earned a microphone yet. We, we were talking about Vert on the way over here, and um, there's like a certain kind of, I don't know, articulation to his rhythms that I feel like he always uses. Yeah. Like he loves these kind of short um, passing tones. Yeah. Da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da, you know. It, He has such a distinct character with his sense of harmony with his kind of rhythmics sense of syncopation and just everything has Relentless groove and I'd say like he's best known for doing music that is some sort of pastiche Mm -hmm. Whether it's to an era of video game music Disco classical it doesn't matter what it is uh, bygone decade of some sort of popular music It's just insane and this was one that for
1: whatever reason Fell by the Wayside. I've loved the Sound Shock albums for a while, and i played a
0: few tracks from so, the Shoun- Carlos, Sound Shock I- albums, but not this one. So, Carl, um, I want to propose something. Uh-oh. Since Carlos is in the room, how would you feel if we did something a little bit differently? A
1: judge? For, we yeah, each two dives,
0: week. and then he judges our dives? No, what if Carlos chooses his favorite track, okay. and that becomes Track of the Week? Okay. So, Carlos. Oh, this is a put, putting
1: him in an awkward spot. Yeah,
0: why don't you, Carlos, which one of those tracks did you like Carlos, better? You now, can be honest.
1: If you don't want to do that, we can do the traditional rock paper no, scissors. I think we should do it this way. I, I I do want to witness the rock paper scissors, but if you guys want me to pick, I will
0: pick. We'll do the pick and then we'll still do rock paper scissors just for fun.
1: Okay. So, they're both amazing tracks. Mhm. But I feel like my soul vibrates towards the Kaufman track.
0: Yeah, I agree. So let's do rock <laughs> paper scissors instead. <laughs> but and I
1: I'm also, I feel like you would have known that I would have vibrated towards the direction of
0: Jay Kaufman. I did. So and did
1: you set yourself up?
0: I yeah. I mean, I think that Jake Kaufman was good and and definitely um, deserves to win. I mean, I thought. Anyway, have some rock paper scissors. Me, but that's okay. Here we go. On shoot, right? <sighs> yeah. Sure not like it matters one two three i've been betrayed oh two (laughs) scissors one two three wow we're both doing the same thing rock paper scissors shoot okay i win but it means nothing because it's already been decided folks yeah that's fine
1: all right so will back to you well
0: Let's just, just say, pretend that your heart isn't Kaufman broken <laughs> for one day. So I'm going to go to a Jake Kaufman track <laughs> from a game called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? What? Yes. This, Is this the Game Boy Color? This was the Game Boy. Because uh, I know we started off on that. Yeah. 2000, developed by Eurocom. And I have to give you guys a little bit of backstory. When I was a little kid, I was obsessed with the television show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Like seriously. Did you ever play this game? I would dress up as Regis Philbin and walk around the house Oh, you played everything. the PC version yeah, of that. I played the PC version. I needed to play this cuz when I found out that Jake Kaufman did the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game, blew my mind. Uh and basically this game is basically Kaufman's take on all of the incredible music from the show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Um hmm. but you know, he puts his own vert spin on it, which I just think is delightful. Let's take a listen to um I couldn't find names for these tracks, so this is just track 3 from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire composed by Jake Kaufman we Track three from <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Millionaire by Jake Kaufman. I got to find uh, who did the music for the original show because it's, it's just really good. fantastic. Yeah, it's weird. I haven't heard that melody in years. But Very nostalgic hearing to me. This, and know, it's not just that he does all of it. It's, it's special. In yeah. like the kind of intense music, you know? Oh, man. It's At first, great. I was
1: like, wait, this is, this is just an original track. But then I started to hear the, those fragments of that melody. Yeah, Will was a, Will had these weird obsessions growing up. Like his first obsession was with vacuum cleaners, and then he moved on to, you know, I, they were like school buses at one point. And yeah, who wants to be a millionaire was definitely one of the obsessions. Uh, you did mention that you dressed up around the house, right,
0: Will, when you were a kid? I did. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I, I believe the um, composer for... There were two composers for the show in its original syndication mm-hmm. um, back in the 90s and early 2000s. Keith uh, Chan and Matthew Chan, So they must have been brothers or relatives or something.
1: Or lovers, potentially
0: man gosh right. i love who wants to be a millionaire i mean it was just i don't know it was such an imaginative game and i love the production value all the lights and they were saying half at a million computers. dollars yeah and regis <laughs> i mean you can't beat regis philbin all right i'm gonna
1: play another track from xenoblade chronicles 2 and the track i played before was the battle theme this is i believe another battle theme it's called Counterattack, and it's hard to say which one i like more Uh, I just think this is just really awesome. Let's take a listen to Counterattack from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. You guys are listening to Counter-Attack from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 which was just released uh, led by Yasunori Mitsuda but we also have the sound team of Ace as well as Kenji Hiramatsu and Manami Kiyoda this was the same composer that did the first one I'll try to Uh, Find out maybe later who that was I can't remember, all I know is it was not Mitsuda or Ace Um, Yeah, this one, is. it starts off uh, It has this really climactic intro That, you know, is kind of what you'd expect for battle music But then it strips everything down To like basically just guitar and some other Softer elements, and finally You really have to wait for that payoff Of when everything comes back, but the reason why I really liked these two battle tracks was that They went farther than I was Expecting, because not only is it a really great rock feel and a great rock sound, um, but they also have really good melodies and like this orchestral level of epicness that I wasn't really expecting, but it's it's almost hard to go back to other battle tracks after this because it's just so, I don't know, they're just spoken like a true concert goer. Orchestral (laughs) epicness. (laughs) It really does add a a level of epicness. I mean, the only thing that would make (laughs) this more epic is maybe like some choir thrown in there too
0: totally yeah this is very good i'm noticing a theme a lot of your music today seems to have this kind of i don't know real performance quasi orchestra quasi rock yeah thing going on that's true yeah it was
1: it was weird that in the especially in the near the beginning of the playlist i had so much solo violin
0: and now you know getting some some rock stuff but well, if you think this rocks, I'm going to take you back to a Super Nintendo game called Gundam Wing Endless Duel. Oh, snaps. <laughs> uh, this I son- bet it rocks, man. Yeah, this is a soundtrack that, um, not all of it rocks. I mean, uh, there's there's lots of different um, styles in it. And uh, it's another kind of, uh, I think, maybe possibly forgotten gem from the Super Nintendo. And it's a series that uh, is sort of a cross-platform this, The games have come out on multiple different consoles and everything. Uh, The composers we have here are Hiroyuki Iwatsuki and Haruo... Oh, yeah, I'm
1: familiar with that composer.
0: Yeah, and Haruo Ohashi. Uh, This game came out in 1996, and I'm going to play a track called Versus Screen. And before we play this today, I just want to mention that I really love this piece, and I think it's really catchy, but it's such a short loop, and it has so much internal repetition that I don't recommend listening to it for... You know, more than like a minute and a half at a time Because I think your brain will start to melt For how much repetition there is But it's a really catchy hook, I think I almost think cool. this track could have another section to it To make it better, but um, I don't know I was going back and forth about playing it But I just had to, because it's it's really catchy Cool Let's cool. take a listen to Versus Screen <laughs> Versus screen from Gundam Wing: Endless Duel. That's rocking. Endless Duel, endless loop. Uh, Man, they <laughs> cram a lot of but... a lot of punch in 30 seconds, don't they? Yeah, no kidding. Isn't that catchy? So I catchy. I love the harmonies. I love um, the. I don't know that that hook is just really catchy. You can tell the uh, composers were very proud of it because they repeated <laughs> Repeat you know, it at, at nauseum, but yeah. it's it's really good. It's worth repeating. Yeah, the very only thing Mega I'll Man say X-y about X-y this kind of it actually reminds me even a little bit of like uh Zero's theme. Absolutely. From Mega Man X2, X2 for
1: sure. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about this is I think they in some ways maybe threw this away on this character select. I mean, I think this I want to hear it expanded to like a full theme, you know. Want to see where they would have gone with this because it
0: Yeah, it just gets you so amped. So maybe it was a fitting choice. I I almost want to like write another section to this so we could cover it in the Marcato Band. Oh, man. This would be like a fun opener or something. Like it's just so high energy.
1: But it feels wrong to do it not on guitars, to be honest. But all right. So this is my, I think, second to last pick of the day. And I'm going to be moving on to a game for the PC-98. And this is called the Scorching Fire... Live or live? It's a really weird title. The Scorching Fire Live <laughs> or The Scorching Fire Live? Either way, it doesn't make any sense. So I feel like dealer's choice at this point. And th- this is uh, uh, composed by Tsuyoshi Matsushima. And we're going to play the title theme. And you know what? It's a rocker. I didn't realize this, but this is going to give that track a run for its money. It's very rocking. It's very cool. Let's take a listen to the title theme from this oddly titled game for the PC-98. How good is that? That's so cool. That was the title theme from the Scorching Fire Live, Live, for the PC-98, composed by Suyoshi Matsushima. Super obscure game. You know, talking about these obscure Japanese games here. Uh, this is a track that almost nobody in the world has probably ever heard of, but it's so cool. It's really yeah. all over the place. You know, there's there's elements of it that that remind me of like kind of Middle Eastern music. Uh, there's elements of it that just feel like straight ahead rock. It's also proggy, but then there's these elements that feel, really feel good and just triumphant for video game music. It's just, right. this is
0: everything I love about video it's game really music. It's really catchy. You're kind, of, uh, you're kind of outdoing me on this episode, I gotta say, man. I'm really impressed oh. with your, your picks. I gotta Thank step you. up my game for next time.
1: Well, you know what's you interesting Maybe You should get you
0: know, somebody else to help me so I'm not just doing tr- it by myself.
1: <laughs> Someone to ghost pick for you? Yeah. You, should, you should do my spreadsheet method, though. It's really useful. I I don't know, man. That would just really kill my soul. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> the thing is, though, is it's only like one track at a time. Like some of these
0: I, I've had in my back burner for months. Did you see we got some fan... Someone made a comment or like a complaint because <laughs> we mentioned... Uh, like, the the whole rating system of, like, I'd give this, like, an 8.0, and they complained, like, <laughs> I like this episode, but what was with the arbitrary ratings? Like, who's to say why it's 8.5 versus 8.6? It and was just our opinion of it's how much just our we like opinion, drag, like, yeah. on a scale of 1 to 10, how much we the like it. The only reason why the rating makes
1: sense for me is because it's the easiest way for me to weed out a lot of music like if we need 20 tracks for an episode and there's like 50 to choose from i just honestly don't have the time to do any other process because
0: otherwise i have to listen to all 50 and then listen to them again say this one was pretty good which one was better The problem is that it music is so subjective and right. that how you're feeling on the first time listening through to something right. it might change every time you listen to it absolutely all right well back to you is this your last pick i guess it is Uh, I'm going to be playing something from the game Trip World from the Game Boy. Uh, This game came out in 1992. That sounds familiar. And yeah, the uh, composers of this game were a group called Phase Out, which are the Mm. composers uh, Tsutomu Ishida, Atsushi Mihiro, and uh, Masayuki Iwata. And I'm going to be playing a track called World 3 Part 1 from this game Trip World, and this is one of my favorite tracks. I, I, this was definitely something I was cool. considering for track of the week. This is another soundtrack that was recommended to me by our good buddy Carlos, who, as we said, is here in the room listening along, but he doesn't have a mic because he hasn't earned it yet. And he's turned around facing the wall this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take. Do a you listen. hear the sound of muffled sobs. That's Carlos. <laughs> Listening to World 3 Part 1 from Trip World, composed by that could phase out wonderful composers. This had been miscredited, this score in the past, to Manami Mm -hmm. Matsumai, who actually did work on the game as a sound programmer, and I believe she implemented a lot of the music here, but it was actually composed by those three that I mentioned earlier: Masayuki Iwata, Sutomu, Ishida, and Atsushi Mihiro yeah isn't this just fantastic i love the jazz chord changes and it's really active and groovy and fun this is another
1: aspect of video game music that i just adore it's just this delightful slightly jazzy show tune um just it just makes you smile you know it's just music that i'm not sure if this would be like some sort of jingle like maybe after you finished a level i'm not sure the use in the game um sure it's music that's going to motivate you to keep playing because like you just want to be in this world Right. Any world that has this kind of music is a world I want to be in you know, for a long <laughs> Same time. Same uh, So, yeah, yeah, really good picks all around. I, I think this is a really fun episode. I'm excited to – I'll tell you here what we're going to play you guys out with. It's my last pick, technically, of the day. I'm going to play something from Wii Sports Resort. Uh, it's oh, been a great. long time since we played something from that. I think, like, over five years since we played something from Wii Sports Resort, I believe. And we're going to – I'm going to play uh, what's called Power Cruising Results, and so it's yeah, it's one of the themes that uh, that you hear after you've finished a round of something. And, and every single event that you choose in the game has totally different results. Yeah. Music and it's all composed by Ryō Nagamatsu. And it's just a really fun, uplifting, jazzy, slightly cheesy, but just you know, overall I delightful. Love the sound of Wii
0: Sports. delightful it's a great track. Vibe. So this would
1: be a great way to send you guys on your way. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We're getting really close. We have two episodes left of the season. Um, next week we're going to be doing an original showcase which I'm very excited for, followed by our, our final episode of the season. Uh, stay tuned with us because we have not just this season, but next season, some wonderful episodes in store. We're going to actually be recording two episodes today, so we got to uh, probably get some dinner here before we record another one. Um, but yeah, so this is going to be playing you out with Wii Sports Resort. This was a lot of fun today.
0: Yeah, we also should mention that our band, the Super Mercado Brothers Band, is going to be playing this year at MAGFest, so yes. we should all... Um, come check us out. That's, I mean, I think you would have need to get your tickets already, but it's going to be January fourth through the seventh. Yeah, and we also are going to be doing a panel that's based on an episode that we did a number of years ago called "The Human Touch." So you should definitely come uh, check us out at Magfest. Come say hi. Um, the three of us will be there: Carl, uh, Marty, and myself, along with the drummer for our band Jaime. So this is going to be a super fun year. It's going to be
1: a year to beat for sure. So yeah, anyone is going to Magfest, check us out. If you're a fan of the Mercado Bros it's going to be a lot hopefully to keep you entertained yeah both with our panel and our carlos you're well. gonna be there
0: right carlos okay. is indicating yes
1: he's nodding while he's sobbing all right so this is power cruising results from we sports resort my name
0: is carl brueggemann and i'm his brother will Brugeman. have a great week everybody peace out